Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Friday, December the 24th, and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's life. And today, I wish you God's joy, because that's that's what this day brings, brothers and sisters. Merry Christmas Eve to you on this day. So, I've got a choice today. <laughs> What what reading do I read you? Because there is a slew of them that I could read, and all of them fit on today, and today's reading. Now, I'm not even going to stretch into tomorrow, Christmas Day. So let me give a little background as to uh, how Catholics view and, and why a day, first of all, and why we have so many readings. So I've said this before. For, for Judaism and for Catholicism, a day begins at sunset the night before. It's why our Jewish brothers and sisters begin Passover and pass, or excuse me, not Passover, Sabbath, Shabbat. Sabbath is on Saturday, but the Sabbath begins on sundown on Friday. And it goes through sundown on Saturday. That's where a day, uh, I mean, that's, that's how a day is looked at within uh, Judaism, within their culture, within their faith. Catholicism took that same idea. And so for us, a day begins at sunset. It doesn't begin at 12.01 a.m. or 12 a.m., whenever that, you know, clock would turn. Okay? See the difference? It begins at sunset. So what? why, Joe? Okay, what difference does this make? Because, brothers and sisters, we celebrate Christmas tomorrow on December the 25th, but it actually begins for us at sunset tonight. That's why, brothers and sisters, every weekend we as Catholics have a Mass Usually, it's, we cheat a little bit. We'll go at 4 o'clock. You know, that, that seems to be what we set sunset as, although, you know, wherever I am, it really, sunset hasn't happened by 4. Maybe on December 21st, around that shortest time of the year, it's starting to get dark then, so, so we cheat a little bit. But we set it at 4 o'clock, basically, and, uh, and, and at sunset or so on a Saturday, and that's why we have... Uh, we've called vigil masses. We we say that that's a weekend mass. It's a Sunday mass because the Sunday has already begun. And that's what we do on Christmas as well. So it's why we can have masses tonight at 4 o'clock or at 7 o'clock or at 10 o'clock or whatever because the day has already begun and we celebrate it. So, I mean, this is all like preamble here. But I've got a choice today of readings. The, the reading of the day, meaning today, right now, the morning, is the Canticle of Zechariah. It is. It follows sequentially yesterday's reading when Elizabeth said uh, that John's name would be John. When they said, what's going to be his name? And they, the people said, well, we don't have anybody named John. And Zechariah said, give me a tablet, wrote on it, John is his name. And then his his. He, his mouth was opened, right? Well, today we hear what his mouth says. That's the reading of the day, the Canticle of Zechariah. So I could read that one. Gorgeous reading. I could read 
the vigil mass at four o'clock. So Christmas has four different sets of readings to it. The mass at dusk, the vigil mass, which is the gospel is the genealogy of Jesus. But we read that last week, remember? You know, Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot, you know, Judah and his brothers, etc., all the way down to Jesus. Um, and I could read that because that's the Mass at dusk, the Vigil Mass. Or there's the Mass at night, which are the gorgeous readings. And, and like, uh, if you go to a quote-unquote midnight Mass, you know, uh, that is the, the Mass at night readings. So I've got three sets of readings to choose from. I'm going to choose the Mass at night. That's the, the ones that are just... The gorgeous ones. And they're the ones that if you ever watch the Charlie Brown Christmas, it's what Linus quotes uh, when Charlie Brown's saying, what's Christmas all about? I don't even know. Um, but I'm going to reference uh, Zechariah 2 because I'm going to make two points. One is going to be off Zechariah. One's going to be off of uh, the Christmas story, the Mass at Night readings, okay? Gosh, that's five minutes. There you go on how many readings we could do and what and what we're going to do. But let's dive in, and it's going to be Luke chapter 2. Remember all this week we've been doing Luke chapter 1 in order to get to Luke chapter 2. Well, we're here, brothers and sisters. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. Let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment, when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord, Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in the city of David a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Gospels don't get much better than that, do they? I mean, I guess I guess that's a dumb point. The gospel is good news, and it's all really good news. But they don't, do they? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. On whom does God's favor rest? It rests on anybody. Anybody who 
is open and able to see. God is indiscriminate with his favor and his peace. It rests upon all of us who desire it, who open ourselves to it. It rests upon you this day, and it rests upon me, not because of our merit, not because of the good prayers that we have done, but because of who God is. And that's really the the beauty of this day, isn't it? So let's talk quickly about Zechariah. So Zechariah, uh, we, we know, is the father of John the Baptist, right? And Elizabeth's his wife. They named John yesterday. They were true to the promise that the Archangel Gabriel had given to them. And so Zechariah's mouth is open. And everybody, if you recall, said, this is amazing. The events that have happened around this birth, what will this child be? Right? They were asking the right question. What will this child be? This is, this is incredible. And, and it's interesting to note that the first words that Zechariah said weren't, Elizabeth, let me tell you this story. It was crazy. I was in the Holy of Holies and this Archangel Gabriel came. Let me describe him to you and what his voice sounds like, what he looks like and all this stuff. The first words that he said were what we call the canticle of Zechariah. If you've ever prayed morning prayer, you've prayed the canticle of Zechariah. The Magnificat, which is what Mary says, her canticle, her voice, we pray that at, we pray that at evening prayer. So morning prayer is Zechariah, his words. Evening prayer is Mary, the Magnificat, her words. Um, and, uh, and Zechariah, again, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because it's quite extensive. But the first words out of his mouth, after nine months of, of being cooped up, what would your first words be? I don't know what mine would be. Would they be complaint? Would they be, oh, it feels so good to speak again? Here were his, at least the first sentence or two. Blessed be the Lord the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. He raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David, etc., etc., etc. He had been for nine months mute, dumb, as we say. And the first words, he allowed not only the, the life of God to gestate within his wife, Allowed, it sounds condescending, but but through his yes or whatever, he watched that life uh, gestate within there. He allowed the life of God to gestate within him. He was not bitter. He was not angry. Instead, the first words, after he pondered, what does this mean? What does this mean? What are these events all about? The first words are going to tell us what they're about. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and he set them free. Brothers and sisters, do we need to know anything more? John's ministry and, and, and mission were to level valleys or level hills, raise valleys, so God could be free, ultimately free, to enter into our lives. And in entering into our lives, we could be free of all this external junk that we think we're about in order to be really what we're about. It took nine months 
for Zechariah to ultimately find his voice. And when he found his voice, he spoke it. He wasn't going to stand on the sidelines and speak something that was inconsequential or didn't matter. When he ultimately had something to say, he said what was ultimate. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. Brothers and sisters, he's not just projecting to the cross that as if the cross and, and resurrection are the only things that set us free, although they do. He's not just pointing ahead to the words that Jesus will say and the people that he's going to reach out to uh, who are on the sidelines and, and uh, you know, oppressed. And in seeing them and giving them dignity and loving them, he's going to set them free, although he does. He's talking about God's very interaction and not staying distant, but coming to us. And in seeing us dignifies our existence. In in not staying far away, but entering into our space gives us import, doesn't it? It gives us dignity and it saves us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people. He has come to us. He doesn't wait for us to go to him. He has come to us and in so doing has set us free. Brothers and sisters, you have a voice and so do I. And you have something to say and so do I. Let it not be inconsequential. Let it not be ordinary. Let something of import and excellence and goodness and ultimate gestate within us. And so when we speak, when we finally have something to say in this world that is noisy all the time, let us wait until we have something to say. And when we do, let us proclaim it as Zechariah does. So let's point now, let's, let's transition. That's the reading for today. And again, lots more in that reading if you, if you want to read it. It's Luke chapter 1, verses 67 to 79. But now let's transition to that gorgeous story for tonight. And here's really, I mean, we could talk about this story, you know, part A, B, C, D, E, because it's so gorgeous and there's so much going on here. Here's the only thing I want to say. You know, if we were to look on a Christmas card, the ones that, that we send or, or the Zanks really, you know, have good intention every year to send, but never do. <laughs> and, and listen, I don't blame that on anybody but me. <laughs> I'm the worst. But if you look on the art, I mean, look it up today, just Google, you know, uh, Renaissance art, birth, Christ. Um, and, and these gorgeous scenes come up. You know, Jesus wrapped in this beautiful, uh, these beautiful swaddling clothes of, of white linen, you know, laid on beautiful soft straw and, and the, the animals, you know, on their knees or, or laying down or whatever, all focused on, on this peacefully looking at this gorgeous scene. It looks nice, doesn't it? But that's a romanticized version. You know that's not the reality and so do I. When's the last time you were in a barn? How did, how did that look? 
How did that feel? How did it sound? How did it smell? Because you know, brothers and sisters, that's the situation. Here's my point. My point is, the stable that night, it was chaos. There were sights and sounds and smells that were all happening. And and I suspect Joseph was wondering, what on earth, how am I going to give birth to this? I don't have a, a midwife here. I, I've never done this before. I'm a carpenter. How do we do this? And Mary thinking, what on earth? This isn't how it was planned. I was supposed to be in my home in, you know, Nazareth or wherever, you know, uh, depending on which gospel we read, they were living. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm supposed to have my family around like Elizabeth did, right? Everybody was there. They were helping. Not Mary. Uh, she's far away and uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a place of, um, well, that she wasn't familiar with and that didn't have what she thought was necessary for the birth. But do you know what? Do you know what? God came anyway. Here's what I'm getting at, brothers and sisters. We may feel today like we're not ready for Christmas. Like that four weeks of Advent, we didn't prepare well. You know, my heart's not ready uh, for the birth. We may feel like, gosh, we're having guests over tomorrow and the house isn't clean and the cookies aren't made and the cards aren't set and the presents aren't wrapped and, and I'm not ready. Do you know what? God doesn't wait and doesn't need our readiness to come. Are you feeling today like you're in a storm? Are you feeling today like you're in chaos uh, because of those things? Because you have so much on your to-do list? Heck, let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about deeper things. Are you feeling today like you're in the midst of a storm in the midst of your life? Um, whatever's going on around you in the uncertainty or the hurt or the grief or the anger or the, the scars or the indecision that you're carrying? Are you feeling in the midst of that? That's precisely, precisely where God is born. Brothers and sisters, he's not afraid of it. He's not afraid of the sights and sounds and smells and chaos and disorganization of a storm. In fact, that's precisely where he is. You know, God, the, the, the first messengers, right? The angels, when they came uh, to announce this birth, they didn't go to the, the leaders of the town of Bethlehem. They didn't go to the leaders of the temple, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They didn't go to Herod. They didn't go to Pilate. They didn't go to Quirinius, the governor of Syria. They didn't go to any of these people. Who'd they go to? They went to the shepherds in the fields. Because you know why? A stable? That was their territory. They knew that place. They wouldn't know somebody born in the halls of the mighty because they don't enter into the halls of the mighty. But you know where they enter into? They enter into stables. Our God is born, brothers and sisters, into the very life. His mission, his mission is outlined in, in so many ways in the story before by his name, but also by where he's born and, and by whom or to whom the angels are, are going. 
The shepherds, the shepherds know their way around stables and chaos and smells and sounds and, and storms. My friends, are you feeling in the midst of chaos today? Are you feeling in the midst of indecision and storm? Mary and Joseph were called away at the wrong time to a place they were unfamiliar with. Soon they will have to, to, to flee for their life. They're in the midst of uncertainty, of the unknown. They don't know what's happening. And it's precisely there that God desires to be born. Because you know why? That's where we need God born. My friends, our God does come to save us and set us free because he's right here in the midst of our reality. Not when we get it right, not when we go to him, but he comes to us when we're ready and when we're not ready. And that's the type of God we have, the one who knows uh, our boundaries, who know our territory, who we're familiar with. He doesn't make us go outside our territory to somewhere else. He says, you know this place? Good, because that's where I'm born, right here today in this space. Merry Christmas, my friends. Let's pray. And we begin as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth joyful mystery. Jesus is found in the temple. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Celebrate well, my friends. Our God has come to us to set us free. God's peace.